Hello and welcome to Money Markets and More with me Dominic Frisby coming to you today from California from Orange County <laughs> as you can tell by the background. Don't forget I am going on tour in the spring come and see the shows they're really good links to buy tickets are in the description but to today's piece and it's called how to change your social status the power of strong currency. So I was having a coffee with an Italian Anglo-Italian friend of mine the other day and he began telling me about his grandparents. They were contadini, which translates literally as peasants, uh, though the, pe the term peasant doesn't have such pejorative connotations in Italy as it does here. And they called themselves mezzadri, which would be sharecroppers. A landowner allowed them to work his land in exchange for half of everything they produced on it. The other half they got to keep and selling that half of the produce was how they got money. And my friend's family had been doing this for generations, never actually breaking above that status to become landowners themselves. And I suppose there are many parallels to the medieval serf who had to work the land of his lord in exchange for his subsistence and protection. And just as the serf was the descendant of the Roman slave, so was the contadino, the descendant of the serf. Though contadini, they weren't as subjugated except by the circumstances. And it's not so different to the plight of the young Western worker today, particularly at the lower end of the pay scale, who has, by the time you factor in inflation and other taxes, half of everything he earns taken from him by the state and is unable to buy a place to live. In any case, in 1966, my friend's granddad left Italy and the peasant existence, followed by grandma in 1967, and they came to work in England. And with union law, it was quite protective at the time, so most Italians in the UK found themselves either setting up small businesses or working for other small businesses belonging to friends or family especially in the catering industry. My granddad, by the way, who was also Italian, he ran a sandwich shop in Victoria. And they were paid in British pounds, largely in cash, which means they're unlikely to have paid much income tax. And, <clears throat> excuse me, while the British pound wasn't exactly a beacon of fiscal rectitude, it was a lot better than the Italian lira which suffered numerous devaluations over the period and it became something of a laughingstock currency. And this meant that the money granddad and grandma were paid in kept its value, at least on a relative basis. Several years passed and my friend's grandparents worked hard, they saved, and then in 1970 they went back to Italy and they bought themselves an apartment. It may only have been an apartment, but for the first time in the family's history they owned property. They carried on working in the UK and by 1976 they were able to buy some of the land on which they had previously been contadini. In other words, their social status had changed from peasant to landowner. It was a common thing among Italian emigrants throughout the 20th century. When they went back home they had so much more money than those who had stayed. My friend's ground, they hadn't had particularly good jobs in England. They were waiters and they were only able to do what they did for 
two reasons. One, the money they were paid in and saved in was so much stronger than the Italian lira. Two, operating in the cash economy and receiving much of their income in tips, which weren't taxed back then, they didn't have 50% of the produce of their labour confiscated, whether by landowner, lord or state. So there's an important message to this story, both about how society works and about how you should position yourself. And I call this the unspoken crime of the 20th and 21st century. Actually, there are many crimes, but let's just say this is a big one. Not only are workers fleeced by the amount of tax they have to pay, most of, most of which is then wasted on government incompetence or worse, they're fleeced because the money they are paid in loses its value. And owning property has been one of the few ways by which ordinary people have been able to protect themselves against the extraordinary currency debasement of the 20th and the 21st century. <clears throat> and as I constantly argue, property prices are a function of money supply. And property is unaffordable as a result of relentless money supply growth. So much newly created money goes into property that houses have effectively become financial assets. And if uh, they've been an effective hedge against currency debasement. And as house prices have gone up, it feels like wealth has been created, but it's just an illusion. All that's happened is that property owners have had that part of their portfolio shielded from the debasement. And so storing your wealth in property proved a much better place to keep it than cash, be it sterling, lira, euro or dollar. Plus, your main home goes untaxed, so you don't get fleeced that way either. So it's the same dynamic. And my Italian friend described his confirmation some 35 years ago. One family member gave him a gold sovereign and another gave him 20 newly minted pound coins, which my friend still has in the original packaging, which has kept its value. Those pound coins might have some collector's interest, but 20 pounds buys you a heck of a lot less now than it did 30 years ago. The sovereign, meanwhile, has kept its purchasing power, as gold always does. So, I said this before, when you work, you expend energy. The money you are paid for is, it, you, for your expended effort, is in effect stored energy to be used at some later stage. It is essential to an honest and functioning society that that expended energy keeps its potential, but it doesn't. So what can we do? We can't change the system, but we can change ourselves. If you consider all the work that you've done over the years, imagine if at the time you were paid, you converted what you were paid for straight away from fiat into strong currency, be it gold or house. The value of your labor would have been preserved instead of eroded. And with the cumulative savings, you'd be able to turn around today and buy things that were previously out of your reach, just as my friend's grandparents did. And now imagine that for all the work you've done over the last 10 or 15 years, you'd been paid in Bitcoin or on being paid in fiat, you had immediately converted the money into Bitcoin, that which you didn't need for essential expenses. You'd be extraordinarily wealthy now, so wealthy 
your entire social status would have cha changed. And there are many who've done that. They converted their salary into Bitcoin as soon as they were paid. They still do it now. And because they saved in a strong currency, they are now able not to work at all if they don't want to. They could probably buy the company they worked for. They can buy houses in a market that's otherwise unaffordable. And there's a whole movement of people who are doing just that now. And they will transform their lives as a result. Weak money weakens you. You will not change your life or your status if you keep your wealth in crap currency. Crap currency keeps you down. It makes you weak. Crap currency is a way of keeping people down. In fact, many actually think this is deliberate. It's a tool of suppression. And it certainly used to be. Serfs weren't allowed to handle gold or silver specie once upon a time. And fiat has a similar effect, though it's by the back door. It's kind of even, it's more dishonest. And there are some economists who argue that it is good to have a weak currency. A weak currency attracts investment, they say, especially from overseas. Now, it might well attract investment, but that's because people with stronger currencies can buy you and your country and your country's labour and your labour and your country's assets on the cheap. Why do you think so much of the UK is now foreign owned? Because our currency's crap. Europe and the UK both look so cheap to Americans at the moment because of the relative currency strength. I have American, I'm, I'm here in California, it's so expensive. I have American friends who tell me they thought London was supposed to be expensive. It is if you live in London and you're paid in pounds, but if you have strong currency, it isn't. A weak currency makes you weak. A weak currency makes your country weak. Switzerland. It's maintained the strength of its franc, and ordinary Swiss people have status as a result, and a status that is above the status of someone equivalent from somewhere with joke money. And you get this sort of hierarchy among nations, and it comes with the currency. With a weak currency, you lose status globally. You fall down the hierarchy. But, you know, imagine being an Argentine or a Venezuelan or a Turk. Argentina, you've heard this a million times, it was once one of the richest countries in the world. Venezuela was extraordinarily wealthy in the 1980s. Zimbabwe was once upon a time. The Turks were once the Ottomans. Now they're all low status. Italy used to be the richest country in the world, as did Britain later on after Italy. But with the serial devaluation of the lira, Italy became a laughing stock and the UK has become a weak nation, a nation in decline. Our money is weak. And one of the first jobs of government should be to protect the value of the currency because then you are protecting the value of your citizens' labour. You're strengthening them. By defending your currency, you are defending your people. You are empowering them. But when your currency is weak, you weaken your people. Inflation isn't just theft. It is debilitating. It is stealing from your people, weakening them, devaluing them and taking away their power. And so the takeaway from all of this is just this, save in strong currencies. You might live in a currency with weak currency, but not all of us can up sticks and go and live in Switzerland or El Salvador, but you can still 
convert your weak currency into strong, be it gold or Bitcoin. Save in strong currencies and over time it will change your life and your social status. My friend, meanwhile, finds himself unable to buy property in the UK and he's recently taken a leaf out of his grandparents' book. He watches loads of sailor videos and he's indoctrinated himself and he's emigrated, at least digitally. He's putting everything he earns into Bitcoin. So let's see how he gets on. And if you're considering buying gold, my recommended bullion dealer, as always, is the Pure Gold Company, whether you're taking delivery or storing online. I'll put a link to them in the comments. Premiums are low, quality of service is high. You get to speak to a human being. They deliver to the UK, the US, Canada, Europe, or you can store your gold with them. And I've got an affiliation deal with them. Um, and if you're interested in buying Bitcoin, there are guides to doing that uh, on my Substack. Again, I'll put a link in the comments. Thank you very much for watching. I'll be back with another video very soon. Until then, I say goodbye and make sure you come and see my tour in March, April and my gold show in February. Goodbye.